You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans Nation. How on earth are we all doing on this either Thursday night if you're watching right when this episode drops on YouTube? Or hey, happy Friday, happy Saturday if you're driving up to the spring game and listening to this to kill time on your commute up there. Thank you so much for choosing Locked on Spartans, your team, every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. And thank you once again so much for tuning into today's show. We've got a lot, and it's all going to be around this spring game coming up. We've got uh, five things that I'm going to be looking for for this Michigan State football spring game, 2 p.m., Big Ten Network, or, hey, just go to Spartan Stadium. Also, two great mailbag questions, both about recruiting and this weekend, and then we ended off with some quotes from the assistant coaches at today's media availability. Before we get to any of that, though, that's right, I gotta be that guy. Please smash that subscribe button below if uh, you're watching on YouTube, or hey, please subscribe to this if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms. This is Locked On Spartans. I think you already know the name by now. I've probably said it 18 times already. And also, if you have any questions, comments, segment ideas, you uh, have a great like cocktail recipe, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. So let's get into all the fun around the spring game. I've got... Five things, five things that I'm going to be watching for in this spring game. And I'm going to stop you right there. No, I'm not going to talk about like, oh, I want to see if blank is the second wide receiver. Or, oh, I want to see if blank and blank are the two starting linebackers. Like, I think with all the secrecy that Mel Tucker loves and everything, that he's not going to be trotting guys out on the field and over a bullhorn being like, all right, Cal Halliday and Aaron Brule are your starting linebackers. Let's get them out here. Like, we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching today. I, I will say, I will say, before you go back and look, I'll do the homework for you. Last year's first rep behind center was with Peyton Thorne and with Kenneth Walker, but after that, very sporadic all over the place. Uh, different guys handing the balls off to different guys. Different pairings on the defensive end of the ball. We're going to be getting a hodgepodge of looks here. We're not going to have a definitive death chart leaving this. So, no, I'm not going to step into being like, hey, I hope uh, so-and-so is the starting running back. Like, that's not really what I mean by this. And also, we'll get the five things, but I'll even throw you a sixth one right now. And the sixth one is uh, social media is one thing I'm going to be watching because you, you probably know this by now, but if you don't, this is probably the biggest weekend for recruiting in Michigan State history. They have 40 prospects on campus this week, and among those are three five-stars in defensive end David Hicks, running back Ruin Owens, and offensive tackle Francis Mayoga. Hope I said that name somewhat correctly. I'm so sorry. And then a dozen four-stars as well. Yeah, that's... That's a big deal here in East Lansing. So I'll be, uh, yeah, definitely hammering uh, Twitter hard, seeing who's enjoying their visit, what sick videos and photos the creative team on MSU's end is taking. So really banking this goes well. Now to get into the actual game here, we'll use game in quotations because, you know, with some injuries, with some depth issues, it's not going to be a full scrimmage, not a green versus white scrimmage or anything like that. There's It's going to just essentially be... A live practice today with some 
live scrimmage-like components at the end of the day, but hey, this is still what we could look for, even if they're just doing drills. And the first one is number five. And man, it's not the sexiest topic in the world to talk about, but backup quarterback. Backup quarterback. Hey, hey listen, I, 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 it, it brings me no joy to even talk about this, but let's be honest here. Injuries happen in football, and let's say that some terrible happens to Peyton Thorne. Let me, first of all, knock on wood. But who's the second guy in the pecking order? Noah Kim has gotten some shine from Mel Tucker already this training camp. And also, yeah, uh, Kayton Hauser, the four-star out of California, he looks to already be built close enough to where you'd feel comfortable sending him out there. And everything that I've heard from practice, yeah, kid is the real deal. There's a reason that he was very high in the charts in the Elite 11 camps over the offseason or the high school season, what have you. So I'm interested to see what those guys' throws look like, uh, what their builds are, I, you know, what the kind of tough to tell in a two-hour practice, but the chemistry with receivers. So that is what I have for number five. Number four, very fascinated, very fascinated with the defensive ends here. We're losing two guys, Drew Beasley and then Panashuk. They're both gone. That makes me sad. They're they're both fun to watch, but right now we got guys like. Chris Boggle. Uh, you know, I want to see what Tank Brown looks like in his second year, and hopefully not as many injury issues as last year as well. And also another very fun project that we kind of saw the culmination of at the end of last season, former running back, turned defensive end, Brandon Wright. Now he's a little undersized for a defensive end, and specifically for what maybe Mel Tucker and the staff would want to see at a defensive end. But oh boy, he's fast. Oh boy, he is stocky and he is explosive. We saw that in the Penn State game last year. We saw that in the Peach Bowl last year. Great heat-seeking missile to have. Probably going to be used on third down situations for sure passing situations. But mm, I also want to see what it's like with Brandon Jordan in the mix. With Marco Coleman in the mix. I am all aboard the hype train for those two assistant coaches. And to see what they can do with defensive ends. And I just want to see... If we could see any glimpses of greatness, perhaps, already this spring from any of the defensive ends in the group. Number three, you talk about a topic that might lack some sex appeal, but not, not for this guy over here because I love this position. That is the kicking position. Yeah, I'm sorry if you rolled your eyes and being like, what is he talking... I want to see what these kickers can do. I just want to see if it looks good coming off the foot between Stephen Rusnak and then also freshman five-star Jack Stone. Matt Coughlin has been here for the last 17 years. That is a big hole to leave behind. And during Matt Coughlin's career, we saw how important big kicks can be or how big missed kicks can also be. Listen, it's college kicking. At the end of the day, Matt Coughlin was probably average, if not a knock above average kicking. That'd be awesome if one of these two guys can just start looking solid in spring. This is their first time in front of big crowd action. I know that Rusnak got a few kicks here and there last year, but it's also going to be a tough day, though. I'm not going to judge entirely off of what happens on Saturday and just say, no, nope, we need to burn up the last transfer portal spot on a kicker. Like It's going to be like 15, if not 20 mile an hour wind gusts that day, but... I just want to see how it looks. I, it, what an odd sight it's going to be for it not to be Matt Coughlin. But, I, yeah, I'm sorry if uh, if you don't agree with that. But, hey, that's that's in my top three of things that I want to see at the spring game. Sorry if that's a little quirky. But, hey, love myself a good college kicker. 
Number two, and uh, these last two are going to be the talk of the whole offseason, so you probably know where I'm going to go with this. But number two, I just want to see the defensive backs. That's all. And there is a quote uh, down here that we're going to get to in the third segment that kind of alluded to last year, there was not a lot of cornerbacks, really, even in the spring practices, spring camps. You had Ronald Williams. He joined in May. Marky Lowry joined in May. Chester Kimbra joined in May. But now, okay, the room's full. You also got Amir Speed up here. I'm just excited to see his size, his speed compared to the other guys. How fluid does he look in these drills, in live game action? Because, yeah, listed as a cornerback down in Georgia, but mostly special teams work for him down there. Definitely here, and he's slanting to play some cornerback, though, and another lengthy guy. I want to see how he looks compared to Ronald Williams. I want to see what Chuck Brantley looks like. He just posted on Instagram not too long ago, if you like that reporting right there, that's right, uh, that he is no longer in a non-contact jersey. How much contact will he be doing at a spring game? I don't know. Not a lot, but definitely excited just to see him on the field post-injury. And then what are they going to do with Dylan Tatum? Jaden Mangum, like, are they safety guys? Will they be kind of out in the nickel position? I don't know. Two great four-star athletes inbound early enrollee freshmen. Let, let's see if we can take any notes, take any snapshots of to what we can expect from them, if anything, in their freshman season. And last but not least, uh, if it's not defensive backs being the talk of the town, it is the running back position being the talk of the town. Jarek Broussard from Colorado, the former Pac-12 player of the year that MSU reeled in through the portal. He will not be there. Uh, we got to wait a little bit for him to join. But Jalen Berger will be there. Of course, he got uh, the talk of the town. Davion Prim is going to be there. Eli Collins, Harold Joyner, Jordan Simmons. What's going to happen there? Can someone just give us a flash in the pan to show us that, okay, hey, Kenneth, he, he's gone. It's very sad, but good, goodbye, Kenneth Walker. Can someone... I'm not going to say... Step in his, his, his cleats because that, that's a lot to fill in for for Kenneth Walker. But just show us some glimpses of fun here. Listen, Saturday is all for overreactions. You'll be overreacting. I will be overreacting. If Jalen Berger barnstorms for a 35-yard touchdown, let's say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to lose our minds over that. If Davion Prim trucks over a linebacker, uh, yeah, we'll be overreacting that. We're going to overreact to everything on Monday's show. No doubt about it. Cannot wait to do it, to be honest. Uh, but, hey, we just got to wait for Saturday. If you're going to the game, bring a book. They're doing a book drive for a nice Lansing charity. I forgot the name at the top of my head. I'm so sorry. but And also, uh, if you're going to go and go to that game-worn jersey sale or game-worn helmet sale, email me. I might want to venue some Venmo you some money to uh, ship one to me. So, yeah, that's what we got going on for the spring game, guys. Uh, go if you can. If not, 2 o'clock, Big Ten network and we're not done talking about the spring game or the recruiting just yet but i i just got to talk to you fine people about built bar built bar if you've been listening to this podcast for just a few weeks or months or years yeah you've heard us talk about built bar and for a very good reason sure do they pay to advertise with us absolutely but mm -mm, i've had people come up to me and be like hey built bar really good absolutely I, i will shoot you straight. Built Bar is the absolute truth. It is the bomb for, well, three reasons. We're going to go through all three. First, amazing on the taste buds. All wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're chewy. They taste like what's actually on the wrapper. It's not like your other protein bars where you bite into it and it tastes like you're eating a 
a plank of balsa wood and ugh, it's just disgusting. No. Number two, it does wonders to your body. Most built Bars are around 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, just four grams net carbs, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. That is sensational in something that tastes so good. And the third thing is they like to save you money. Go to built.com, smash in promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order. One more time, built.com, promo code LOCKED15, all one word, to get 15% off of your built bars. And before talking your ear off about the spring game and recruiting and just all things MSU football coming up, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Also, if I miss something, if there's something else that you're going to be watching for in the spring game, comment below. Talk to me about it. Yell at me that I missed it or uh, just, hey, have some banter with other people listening on YouTube. Or if you're listening to the podcast and still want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com like these two fine gentlemen did. Uh, we're going to start off with a question from Alex. And this is a great question because this is also kind of buzzing around MSU uh, fans, media players, coaches. Mel Tucker's brought it up. But Alex writes in, something that has me worried is the number of people that will be at the spring game. How much do you think this impacts recruits' decisions to commit? Fantastic question, Alex. Mel Tucker talked about it earlier in this week, that he wants to see Spartan Stadium as full as possible. He even waxed poetically that his first spring game at Georgia got 98,000 fans. That's a lot of fans, but I want to just do a reality check right here. I went back and I watched some 2019 spring games. Now, why did I go back that long? Tough to watch 2020 spring games because they just simply didn't happen. And number two, 2021, depending on where you looked, you know, different COVID restrictions, yada, 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 so... 2019 is the last like true spring game. Or if schools like you know Michigan already had their spring game, we looked at those too. Honestly, it, it is not common at all to see even the strongest programs have straight sellouts for their spring game. Like Alabama in 2019, like they had most of their lower bowl full, but like none of the upper deck. Oregon was maybe half full. If I can go out west to borrow another out west team. USC, there are there are more people listening to this podcast right now than we're at the USC spring game in like 2019. Oklahoma, let's go to the Big 12. They fill up maybe two-thirds of their lower bowl, and that was back in 2019 when things were really looking good. Georgia, 2019, maybe like three-quarters of their lower bowl was filled. Penn State, they don't get close to filling it out, and like Michigan has had a crowd last weekend. Coming off of a Big Ten championship... Had a crowd last week that replicated like my local Division Six MHSAA high school, seemingly, I, the, the last weekend or whenever they had it. So, no, like, a lot of these top programs don't fill it out. If I, you know, turn on Big Ten Network and see Spartan Stadium's only like two-thirds full, am I going to be just, ugh, fake fans, I hate our fit? No, no. And oddly enough, too, like, don't get me wrong, like, there, there's a program that does have sellouts routinely, and it's Nebraska. Okay, but like, tell me what that's done for their recruiting necessarily. So this is all a big way of me to say that, like, maybe recruits will be affected by it barely to borderline, not at all, I'm thinking. 
And why I say that, like, yeah, okay, you don't want these kids taking the sidelines or walking out to Spartan Stadium to, like, crickets and nothing but empty bleachers. Like, yeah, you want some people there. But believe me, these recruits, when they visit, whether they come up Friday or Saturday, stay around for Sunday, they will be smacked so hard in the face with marketing material, with just videos from last season. You, you don't you don't think last year's Michigan game with that woodshed environment is going to be playing on any video board, like at whether it be Spartan Stadium, Scandalera Center, Mel Tucker's house if they go over there. Like, no, no, no. They're going to be shown what a true Spartan Stadium atmosphere is like. And luckily for a good handful of these recruits, a lot of them have already been to East Lansing to see some games, to see what the Woodshed or Spartan Stadium, if that's your preferred name for it, is really like during game day. So, yes, don't get me wrong. You want to see a good turnout for Spartan Stadium or the spring game. And also, I kind of laughed too because I was thinking about this, and hand up, I'm guilty as charged about it. Like, I've been talking nonstop about recruiting, but how about just filling the stadium for the current players too the guys that are coming off of a peach bowl win like that that should also be enough reason to get everyone in spartan stadium but yes this is just a lawn rambly way of saying yeah it'd be awesome if we can get spartan stadium like two-thirds full three-quarters full or something like that like the, the lower ball just enough where there's a buzz going on but listen is is Eno etta who is trending towards committing to michigan state he's a defensive end top 100 kid in the nation is he gonna walk into spartan stadium being like wow i got a really good relationship with the coaches brandon jordan seems awesome he coaches nfl players uh, mel tucker's got a great culture here and then look around spartan stadium see it only three quarters full be like ah but now nebraska had a more full stadium than they do here i don't think so and it's a very good question if i, I don't mean to come off as like making fun of the question because i've pondered it too but after sitting down and just kind of you know popping some questions off some people I know about recruiting and are in the weeds of all that, like, it'll barely affect it, if at all. So, that's what we got here. Now, another question about recruiting, and what affects recruiting too, comes from Logan. And this is a nice question as well, because you guys always have the best questions. What had a bigger impact on the recruiting going on now? The Michigan game? The Peach Bowl win or something else? I know it's a combination of a lot of things, but what had the biggest impact? The, the, the second sentence you or the last sentence you said, I know it's a combination of things, of course, is right. I, I, you know, you know that, I know that, everyone knows that. But I love the first half of the what mattered more, the Michigan game or the Peach Bowl win. I thought about this all day and like even still when I'm recording, I'm thinking about it, but I, I think it's the Michigan game. Listen, you had college game day. You had the big noon kickoff. You had the fifth most watched college football game last season. That That's remarkable. Almost 10 million people watched that game last year. And also, that lets you know that, eh, hmm, yeah, that's great what you got going on over there. We're still the, t the top dog in the state. They did it in dramatic fashion. And that was such a culture win and is going to rocket Michigan State forward here. Listen, the Peach Bowl was awesome. You get that cool trophy. You always get to say that, uh, you know, hey, spring game, look at the look at the LED board in the north end zone. That's going to say Peach Bowl champions uh, many a time. But the Peach Bowl is like the culmination of a whole season. Just getting to the Peach Bowl is the big thing, and you don't get there 
if you don't beat Michigan. So when you walk into Scandalera Center, you see the Peach Bowl trophy, Paul Bunyan trophy, the Spittoon, the Land Grant trophy. Like, you're going to see it all. And I think if anything could get picked out as the top one, I think just what it did for the pub publicity, if I could speak correctly, the publicity and just the, the culture that the Michigan game provided, I'm going to have to go with that just because so many eyeballs were on that game. Now, of course, was that the biggest reason why, you know, these five-star kids are coming up, these four-star kids? Like, no, of course not. It, it, it's a perfect cocktail, and each recruit will have its own reason as to why they're visiting East Lansing, but some of it's marketing. Like, MSU is just annihilating social media. Coach Tucker does so well. The creative staff on Michigan State's football side just sensational. You also got instant turnaround for guys as well. Kenneth Walker, he went from Wake Forest number two running back to should have been Heisman candidate. And, well, he was Doak Walker award winner. Like, that's amazing just to go like that. And also, parlay that into, like, Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman, or also uh, coaches that are staying here too because recruits like the idea that coaches are going to be staying here for a while. And not just the head coach, Mel Tucker, but... You also have uh, Coach Kapilovic, who was lured away from Michigan State. He, they, they tried to get him to USC, that old Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Not so fast. He stayed at Michigan State, and that says a lot about the commitment that he has to Mel Tucker, the culture, the program. So a lot of it has to do with a lot of things, right? But I think it's that lasting, too. It's the culture that Mel Tucker has going on right now and the seemingly longevity of these assistant coaches that will be staying in place that are, well, also by all accounts, pretty good coaches because if you're, if you're not, well then you're, you're gone. Like this, this isn't the Mark D'Antonio yacht club anymore where you just stay along for as long as possible. Like if you, if you ain't holding up your end of the bargain, especially on the recruiting trail, I got a 20 foot U-Haul outside for you and plenty of boxes to pack your stuff. See you later. Um, we're going to be talking more about assistant coaches here in a hot second because, yeah, we, we got some sweet quotes from these assistant coaches here. But I just got to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! I love this time of year. It's NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. I don't watch a single shift of hockey the entire year until NHL playoffs hit, and then I am all about it. Bet Online gives a lot of great bets for NHL. Also... Uh, golf season in full swing. That is a golf pun. BetOnline.net is just your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info, quite simply, guys. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, that's right, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Hey, one more segment, and then we're into the weekend. Thank you so much once again for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. And also, hey, if you're driving up to the spring game listening to this, what, what a way to get your day started, I guess. Thank you so much. I'm very honored. Um, we have got... Some media availability quotes from Ephraim Reed, the running backs coach at Michigan State, and Scotty Hazelton, of course, the defensive coordinator for your Michigan State Spartans. And I got these tweets from the fine beat reporters of Michigan State, uh, Matt Charbonneau, Chris Solari, Matt Charbonneau, of course, Detroit News, 
Chris Solari, Lansing State Journal. So what I'm reading from their Twitter feeds because they wrote down what these guys said during practice availability. Just wanted to go go ahead and give those guys a shout-out before going any further. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Hazleton says having all the defensive backs here in the spring is huge. So many guys came in during the offseason last year that fall camp was trying to squeeze in the scheme without much work on technique. I feel like we're at a halfway point between an excuse for why last year got so bad in the defensive backfield and also just truth, right? I, I think that both can be true there. Like, th- there is no reason it should have gotten that bad last year in Michigan State's past defense. But that is a good point that he does bring up, is that you are getting the full spring session. You are getting into your summer with these guys working together, learning the scheme, technique, which it was pretty apparent that some guys needed help on that too last year. Uh, Yeah, but again, Ronald Williams was not here until May. Marky Lowry out of Louisville. He was not here until May. And then Chester Kimber from Florida, not here till May. So those are three guys. That that was a kind of a bare cupboard of defensive backs here in spring ball last year. Now, if I could just skip around and jump position groups, sides of the ball, really. Uh, that gets me even a little more concerned maybe for offensive linemen because that is the room that is shot right now. They'll be getting a little bit of help in the offseason, but... Okay, anyway, we're, we're going to stay positive right now. Uh, also, Hazleton on Darius Snow. Quote, he's a really good football player. He's a natural, instinctual guy. Says linebacker might be the right fit for him. That might as well be his position now. Because Darius right now is at the nickel. But they have him, especially as the year went on, playing up so close to the line. that It, it essentially turned this 4-2 defensive scheme... Into a 4-3. I mean, yeah. Nickel, by definition, he looks like a linebacker by nature. So, and I know that was the whole hubbub. Like, oh, is this why this is not going well? Because they're running a wonky 4-2 instead of a 4-3? Like, it's it's close enough to the point where you could go ahead and call it a 4-3, I guess, with Darius Snow, who is one of the best, if not just point blank, the best tackler on this Michigan State team. So, just like Scotty said, he he's intelligent, he's instinctual. You could play him anywhere. You could play him back at safety, of course, or I I'd, I'd be comfortable playing him at defensive end for crying out loud. Like th- this is just a kid that you need to find a spot for on the field, and of course they are. So right there, nickel seems like a great spot for him. Get up in the box for runs. Also, maybe catch yourself in the passing game here and there. So big year coming up for Darius Snow. A lot of the defensive responsibility will rely on him. Whether that's fair or not, eh, who's to say? I, I think it's fair. I think he's shown that he's capable of it and is ready for this big leadership role. So, yeah, big year coming up for Darius Snow. Uh, Scotty Hazelton says defensive end Brandon Wright has been flashing this spring. Quote, he's really come a long way. He's improved every day. He's a problem to deal with out there. Just ask Pitt's quarterback that or ask uh, Penn State's quarterback whose name I'm, of course, blanking on right now that I can't think of. But, yeah, we only saw it really, for the last two games last year. But, man, Brandon Wright looked really good in those passing down situations where, okay, we're just going to load you in a cannon, and you're very fast. You're very explosive. Go kill that quarterback over there. Uh, Why don't you, Brandon? So, yeah, I'm very happy that this is the way this has gone for Brandon Wright because, truth be told, listen, hey, 
Michigan State pushes a lot of kids into the portal, and I think a lot of the times they're maybe encouraged to go into the portal to make room for other players. And I thought Brandon Wright was going to be one of these guys when he was so far down in the running back depth chart. And then, yeah, sure, go try defensive end. I, well, who who cares? I yeah, it's not going to waste our time. Oh, oh, it's actually working. Okay, cool. Awesome. Great. So, yeah, uh, love, love, love what we're seeing from Brandon Wright there. That's a, just a great story all around. And what makes a great story even better is when it really benefits the college football team you root for, which is the Michigan State Spartans. So, to jump to the other side of the ball, Ephraim Reed, he also spoke to the media as well. And, of course, hey, you got to replace Kenneth Walker. And on replacing Kenneth Walker, he said, quote, you can't replace a Doak Walker award winner. It just doesn't happen. That's the unfortunate truth, isn't it? Uh, but says all MSU's running backs, quote, bring something different to the table to replace Walker, who has been around the building lately. And that, that's what I suspect will happen, especially in the first quarter of the season, those first three games, maybe bleeding into four games, is it'll be running back by committee. Now, is that going to be because no one has stuck their neck out to be that guy? Or will it also be because that, yeah, all like three guys are just that good? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But yeah, I suspect this will be running back by committee for the first few games. And also, of course, depending on you know short yardage situations versus first and ten and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I, don't, I find it hard to believe that we'll be getting a bell cow back this year, um, especially with you know the, the high profile of Jarek Broussard meeting up with Jalen Berger and then Hey, if any of the guys left over from last year's team in Davion Prim, Jordan Simmons, Eli Collins, Harold Joyner will throw his name in the mix, like, that, that'd be gravy on top. I, I don't necessarily expect it, but I've been wrong before here, so maybe this is just one of those times. And last but not least, uh, Reed said that Jalen Berger took a huge step in last week's scrimmage and highlighted his ability to catch the ball as well as his running ability. And that's fascinating because Kenneth Walker did it all last year. But it was interesting that he wasn't necessarily an out-of-the-backfield reception guy. Total on the year, Michigan State running backs had 28 running back receptions. 13 of those were by Kenneth Walker. Just 13 of those. Then again, I guess he didn't have to catch the ball out of the backfield because he was doing enough damage just... Well, just having the ball handed to him. But that 28 running back reception number was the second lowest in the Big Ten East, uh, just behind Indiana. Indiana didn't I think they threw to the running backs like 13 or 14 times total last year. So, yeah, a lot of other teams, though, they got uh, you know into the 30s, sometimes even the 40s for running back receptions. I think Michigan even got close to 50, if not above 50 for running back receptions. But, hey, I... Let's let's see here because even in the year before that, and I know it was an an odd COVID year, and just even the the makeup of the team was not indicative of how this man coaches games. But uh, Jay Johnson didn't throw it to the running back a lot, even in 2020. Now, whether that was just okay, I don't trust these guys to do it. I don't trust the line to do this. It could have been a a, a slew of reasons why they didn't do it in 2020, but. Hey, maybe this is another wrinkle to MSU's offense coming up this year. Just bring this all circle. Will we see it at the spring game? I doubt it. Hey, sure, we'll maybe go out catching balls, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if we can just say that. Oh, hey, they're gonna be passing the ball a lot more to the running backs. 
Or are we going to be doing that? Because, yep, overreaction Saturday, baby. Uh, it has been so long since we've had MSU football in our lives. It's going to be right in front of us at Spartan Stadium or on Big Ten Network, 2 p.m. I cannot wait for it. Uh, you already know we'll be talking about it on Monday's show, just dissecting every little thing. If there's something that you thought that you saw or that's something that you really enjoyed from the spring game, Hit me up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. I'll probably be throwing a tweet out there. Um, just asking people for their thoughts on the spring game as well and reading off some of those because, hey, everyone's opinion is encouraged around the whole calendar, but especially in the offseason. So thank you guys once again for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. If you want a little bit more on recruiting, go listen to yesterday's episode. We had Justin Sind of 24-7 Sports on. If you want even more spring game talk, we interviewed Darian Harris uh, earlier this week as well. That was sensational. Um, you guys are sensational. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. You're all the best. Love every single one of you. Now go make Locked on NFL Draft your second listen. This draft is going to happen eventually. I, I swear they do coverage for the NFL Draft for like seven straight months. But eventually it will happen. And you're going to want to make sure that you are caught up to speed with it. And Locked on NFL Draft will get you there. It's Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices, free and available on all platforms. Have yourself a weekend, a Saturday, a spring game if you're going. Love you all. Go Green.